0: Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 38. Before we get started, we want to talk about a couple of things today. Number one is we want you to check out our presenting sponsor, Cleated Up FP at cleatedup.com. It Up is the communication tool you need to solve all your uh, communication challenges within your team. So player to player, coach to player, across the team lines, across the organization. Check out cleatedup.com and you're going to be able to take care of all that stuff in one stop. Why not try it? It's free, right? Absolutely. Second thing we wanted to talk about is we have launched a Patreon page. One of the things that Coach Don and I have discovered is we love doing coach prep, we love doing everything fast pitch, but we've kind of hit a crossroads where we need to reach out to our listeners and ask you to support us. There are three different levels of support that are all readily available for you to see and uh, easy for you to sign up for if you go to our Patreon page and uh, just look for everything fast pitch. And again, uh, if you can uh, make a donation, if you can get on board and be one of our supporters, it would really be helpful. We are trying to continue to grow everything fast pitch and keep it going in the right direction. Coach Prep is one of those things that is really important to us as we continue to grow everything fast pitch. And we just uh, need some support. We want to do more, and uh, that's going to help a lot. Don, our topic today is making out the lineup, the impact that it has, the challenges that it presents, both offensively and defensively. You know, how to put the lineup together is one thing, but what I wanted us to really touch on today is the impact that making changes can have, the impact that that you have on the outcome or potentially on the outcome of the game by decisions you make with how you manage your lineup. That's kind of a an interesting thing because we do it every game, right? We're making a lineup,
1: we're uh, trying to present what's best for the team at that moment, and sometimes it's more about what's best for for players at that time. And the communication piece of this is really the critical piece that uh, often is missing, Tori, and to let kids know that uh, the movements and the, the changes that you make in the lineup aren't necessarily just about them, right? right. And sometimes those those changes are to to display and show um, you know the strengths and weaknesses that we, that we might have if we make some of these moves. You know as a coach what the lineup probably will be. I mean, there's always going to be a little fluctuation in in a couple of the details, but to let the kids know at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the tournament, that you're going to be trying some things and trying to figure out what's going to be best for us so we can win that big game at the end most comfortably. And for the kids to feel okay along the way is really important. Right. And and
0: for the parents also.
1: And the parents, again, they're, they're a huge piece of it because they're with the kids all the time in between the games, after the games, after the tournament you know, throughout the week. And for the parents to be, you know, sharing a positive message about whatever the coach, you know, feels was important, you know, is going to be really strengthening for for the kids' next performances if they feel like they're in a good place. Right.
0: Well, and everybody can't be the leadoff hitter. Everybody can't be the cleanup hitter. Everybody can't be the starting shortstop. Everybody can't be the starting center fielder. And one of the things that I think is unfortunate is that for a lot of kids, a lot of families. You know, as they work their way up, typically what happens is players start off, uh, especially players that get serious about this game, they start off at whatever level, whether it's rec league or whatever, um, and they have some success. They're talented. They're, you know, they're pretty good players. Maybe they're working a little bit at it on their own to to improve themselves. And because they are putting in a little bit of extra time, because they are working at it, you know, they end up becoming ver- successful players at that level. Typically what happens is you work your way up, whether it's a uh, You know, into the high school program or a travel ball team. You know, you go from being the big fish in a very small pond to just being another fish. Right, and that can be challenging mentally too to uh, to not be the one. Well, I think the one thing that you mentioned already was communication. I think that that's crucial to make this make sense for the players and their parents, because there's lots of different things that can be negatively impactful by making these changes if players are in in the dark about what's going on. You know, for most kids, the idea of dropping down in the batting order is seen as a demotion or a punishment or something like that. But if in my mind, I'm thinking, well, we'll take a little bit of pressure off of Sally this week. You know, she's been struggling in that cleanup spot. Let's move her down a little bit so that she can get, uh, you know, a few more chances to see the pitcher before she's got a hit. Maybe she doesn't have to come up in the first inning when there's a lot of pressure or runners in scoring position. Maybe that will be good for her to, you know, to kind of get, let her catch her breath for a second, settle into the game a little bit more. Well, if that's what your thought is, then you need to make sure that you share that with the player and and her parents so that they understand, no, it's not a demotion. I'm not mad. I'm not doing it out of frustration. I'm doing it because I think it will be beneficial for you and for the team. And there's hundreds of those kinds of possibilities that can take place depending upon your perspective. You could see it as a slap in the face or a pat on the back or a kick in the butt or a at a baby. So we want to make sure that we're communicating what our reasoning is, what our thoughts are as coaches so that there's less time spent wondering.
1: It's like you say that, you know, situations where we're anticipating a game where it's going to be a, a one-run game. We've played this team before, and it's, a, it's been a one nothing a 2-1 to one battle, you know, extra inning battle, whatever it might be. And we've got a particular player that's usually the 7 eight, 9 hitter that's a fantastic bunter. Right. And you might slide them into the, the two spot for that day because you know bunting is going to be a huge part of, right. you know, our win. And But that's not, like you said, a demotion. It's another quick kid that maybe doesn't have as high a batting average but is a fantastic bunter. And we need them up there in that two spot for that particular moment. But when we're in a, a game after the very first inning, there's a whole new first batter, right. second batter, third batter, and cleanup. Yeah, You're, you're, you're
0: only uh, in your spot the first time through. the first time through, yeah. right? And so the situation can change drastically. Your circumstance can change drastically from at bat to at bat. No matter where you are in the lineup, you could be the number nine hitter, but end up being the leadoff hitter two or three innings in a game. That's like the second leadoff right but what I think is important is now we start to lay the groundwork, lay the system in place that has our coaches communicating with players and their parents about what's going on, why things are being done, the decisions that are being made you know and again, for you and I sometimes you know some of these thoughts are a little bit hard to wrap our heads around because once upon a time, you know I, I would have never thought that I should ask a coach about anything. I never felt like my coaches owed me any kind of explanation. You just did it. We just did it. And now there was a lot of grumping around and grousing around and being angry or frustrated. It, it was not the same kind of atmosphere where players were empowered and felt like they were do due the, the yep. information. And so from a coaching perspective, let's start, you know, making a point of making those kinds of discussions a regular thing. I think that Whatever a player's role on the team is, if they know what the role is and it's been explained to them and they understand where you're coming from and why you've gotten to the point where you've made the decisions that you've made, that that goes a long way towards solving problems. It doesn't solve all of them because there are some kids in their heart, you know, they believe they're the best player on the team no matter what. And in, their heart, yeah, in their heart in their heart and mind, yeah. no matter what you say, they're gonna think that somehow you're missing the boat. You're not seeing all their strengths or all their gifts as clearly as you should. And so you're the one that is missing the boat. But I think if we start off with communication, that's going to give us a chance. And a perfect example, um, when I was coaching at KSU, we had a stretch for a year, almost two years, where we had three good pitchers, but none of them were really the dominant like game changer. Push ahead Uh, one. Yeah. And so we we noticed that for all of them, usually when we got to that second or third time through the order, that hitters would be able to make adjustments to them and, and start to have more success. Came up with the brainstorm of basically using a tag team pitching approach to almost every game. You know, sat down with the staff and explained to them what our philosophy was. So it was not just what we were doing with substitution pattern and that stuff. It was also about you know attacking the zone and throwing a lot of strikes early, going after hitters so that we can keep the pitch count down. Trying to give the hitters as few chances to see us as possible, all that kind of stuff. But it was also the idea that we think all of you combined is a much better pitcher than any one of you by Alone. yourself. I think I said it a little bit more diplomatically than that, but that was basically it. The three of you add up to a better one of you than any one of you does. Right. And now there was still an occasional time in there where a pitcher would pitch more because they were doing so well. But what we ended up basically doing as a, as a coaching staff was disciplining ourselves to that pitcher number one would almost always just go one time through the order. If right. that got us to the second or third inning, that was perfect. Great, but you know people would always be shaking their heads. Well, you know it's the third inning, and she's only given up one hit. Why are you taking her out? <laughs> well, because I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen when we go that second time through the order. It's not going to be one hit. It's going to be a lot more. Everybody else might yeah. not have seen it, but you have right. And then we would, uh, you know, you know, start right then, and and sometimes that would even be like mid inning. It got to be the you know back to the top of the order. Pitcher middle was out of the there. Third inning. Yeah, it was the middle of the two outs in the third inning. A uh, runner at second base or whatever, we'd go out and, and switch pitchers right then and there, and they'd be like, "Well, she could have got out of that. Well, she could have, but our strategy is the three of you add up to being better than the one of you does." And this is the and, time. And this is the time. And we ended up having a lot of success with that strategy. Now it helped because the pitchers were all different from each other. You know, they all had uh, different uh, calling cards, so to speak, and so we were able to, you know, go with somebody that threw pretty hard then go with somebody that had an amazing change-up, and then come back with somebody that threw pretty hard. It was very difficult for the hitters to get into any kind of groove, get into any kind of uh, system where they were comfortable up at the plate. That's a perfect example. If we had not discussed it, had not talked about it, had not had the strategy session with the pitchers, I'm sure it would have blown up. Sure. And when we started winning more games uh, after we made that change, you know, then the players started to buy into Saw it. Saw the value. You know, and I yeah, No, I think at a, at a certain level, they still thought, well, I can do just fine by myself. You know, I've always been able to do this on my own. But the more success we had and the more understanding they had, the better it worked for us.
1: So taking the time and making the effort to communicate that way is going to create a, a much more confident and strong and understanding player. Right. That uh, you know that's going to be productive. I love it.
0: Right. Well, because the most important thing is, I don't think we want our players out there trying to play this game, trying to think of, well, what the heck is coach thinking today? Right. I don't want them out there being distracted. You know, thinking, well, oh sure, as soon as somebody, you know, as soon as something happens, he's going to yank me out of the lineup. You know, another unusual situation that we had when I was coaching at Parkside had. One left fielder, one outfielder who was an amazing defensive player, but she was not nearly as good a hitter as another girl that was in the outfield. What we ended up doing there, and again, sat down, talked to everybody about it, explained to them why we are doing it. Player number one, you're going to start in left field, and you're going to hit. And if you get on base the first inning, we're going to pinch run for you because the other girl was also like twice as Lightning, fast. yeah. Yeah. You know, it was the best way for us to maximize that position. The two of them added up to being an amazing player, right. much better than either one of them by themselves. The sub would come in, she would play left field until we got back around to that spot in the batting order. If it was still a really close game and we needed the offense, then we would switch back and re-enter the original outfielder. If we were ahead by three runs, then we would you know, typically let the better defensive player stay, stay in the lineup yeah. and, and play defense, and she'd get in at bat. Again, you know, I think each of them thought they were, you know, great players. Each of them thought they could do it. But when they started seeing the success that it was leading to and the the fact that it was helping us win more games, even though you know the selfish aspect of it, they weren't getting quite as much oomph as they might have gotten on their Personally, own. Personally, it was a lot better for the team. So and and again, what's the reason for it working or how how does, did we make it more successful? by sitting down and talking to everybody and, and making sure that they knew what was going on. So I think, Tori, that, you know, as we
1: talk about this, we we feel like we say so much about the communication piece, but it is such a an undersold aspect of coaching that uh, we we really need to continue to emphasize it because when we were younger, it was because I said so. Right. And those are a lot of the coaches that are coaching now. And yeah. if they can kind of catch themselves and and create a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra energy and effort to uh, to be good communicators in that way. The end result is going to be just wonderful and huge right. for all of them.
0: And and because there's a lot of other uh, traps that we can fall into with the line. If I move somebody up into the cleanup spot, she might get all geeked up, thinking, "Oh my God, I've got to hit home runs because he thinks I'm a home run hitter now." And it's yeah, I mean, and yeah. it's not us explaining ourselves, right? It's, it's, and, but no, if we make yeah. that move and say, "Okay, today, Sally, you're going up to the cleanup spot." Well, coach, I'm not a home run hitter. Well, no, I don't need you to be a home run hitter. I just need you to take your swing, do put what the ball in play, do. do what you do. Because right now, doing what you do in that spot gives us the best chance to win. That's the best fit. Now, but if we don't have that conversation, she might be like, oh my gosh, I'm replacing so-and-so, and she's our leading home run hitter. I got to you know swing out of my shoes to make sure I hit a home run. And that spoils the mix. Right. And then what we wanted from that switch flies out the window. Right. And, and you mentioned it earlier, it could be getting a bunter into a certain spot. Could be getting a fast kid into a certain spot, can, like we talked about uh, our two-headed left fielder. It could be getting a better defensive player into the lineup when you've got a lead. There's lots of different things with that lineup and the decisions that we make as coaches. If they're explained well and and talked through and everybody understands, can be amazing strengths. If we don't say anything, we just expect them to get on board with it. I think you're going to have a whole lot of players that are out there, you know, confused, worried, wondering, wondering unsure about what they're
1: doing. Yeah, wondering's the worst and again i think that the appreciation that the parents will have for a lot of that extra communication is going to be just golden because they are the ones that are really selling right. all the choices and the changes that coaches make they're selling it on the kids right. when they go home and if they're pulling in the same direction i think that we're going to be a much stronger unit and a much better team and a lot we're going to have more fun
0: right yeah and and the parents can to- can there. totally uh, torpedo whatever's going on if the yeah. coach and the player have a really, you know, good discussion. And the coach and the player come to an understanding about how, you know, this makes our team better. This is what's better for us. And the player is fine with it and happy with it. But then she gets in the car after the tournament's over and spends an hour riding home listening about, I can't believe that crazy guy pulled you out of the leadoff spot. Or I can't believe that jerk isn't letting you, you know, play shortstop. Or I can't believe, you know, that he pinch ran for you. Doesn't he know how fast you are? Anytime that stuff happens, that just adds that layer, I think you're talking about of besides the confusion about what we're doing as coaches, confusing the players and our our parents getting involved and piling on and confusing the situation even more.
1: Why not mom and dad jump in there and and be supportive, right? Pull
0: on the rope with them. It would all be a, a much better outcome and a whole lot happier situation, I think, if we could do that. But so coaches, as you're thinking about lineups, thinking about changes, thinking about doing things within the structure of your team, let's make sure we're starting with communication. If we start with communication, I think we're going to be in good shape. If we start with the idea of I'm the coach, shut up and do it because I said so. <laughs> right. I think we're going to have some trouble. S- up for, t- for tough times. Yeah, the old uh, I said jump, you say how high thing. Those days are so long gone work. now. Yeah, those days are so long gone, we can't even uh, see them from where we're at anymore. Worked when I was a kid. Yeah, it worked <laughs> when I was a kid too, but then again, uh, we uh, had one phone that hung on the wall and our idea of a long-distance phone call was the times- 12-foot cord that you could stretch out so you could talk to somebody from your bedroom. <laughs> times have changed. No, no doubt about it. Don, anything else about the lineup today? No, I think, uh, I think that's something that's
1: uh, you know ever-changing and exciting. I hope that coaches are open enough to try some different
0: things because you just never know, right? Right. And I think the more flexible we are, uh, the more we communicate, the more fun we're going to have. So that's going to wrap up episode number 38. Again, check out our CleatedUp.com sponsor Um, it Up FP is a great tool that you need to use. And we also want you to check out our Patreon page. Please support everything fast pitch. That's all I can say. Coach Don and I love doing this. We want you to support everything fast pitch. So you go to the Patreon page. It's Patreon everything fast pitch. And you can go to the page and figure out what level of uh, support you would love to give us. And uh, and we would certainly appreciate any help we can get. Yeah, we need you. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio, this is Coach Torrey saying... Thanks for listening to episode number 38 of Coach Prep, and we'll talk to you again next week.